The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. Good morning, gentlemen. Good to see you all. Good morning. Good morning, Scott. Good morning, Jay. I know Jay is, uh, has some interesting stories on um, I would call it the scammers in, in our community. Yeah. Thanks, Don. Thanks for passing that off. Um, so, yeah, I call November is Scam Awareness Month. It's actually uh, Financial Literacy Month, but we'll call it <laughs> we'll call it Scam Awareness Month. So mm. holiday se- holiday season's upon us. Um, it's it's around the corner. Um, U.S. Thanksgiving, uh, the Christmas season's upon us. So it's it's a busy time for everyone. People are stressed. They're vulnerable, exhausted. Um, they're easy targets during that time. Also, some people feel very generous during during the holiday season or extra generous during the holiday season. So it's prime uh, targets for, for scammers that are out there. So just going to review a couple common scams that you may or may not be aware of and just to keep your family and, and, and yourself safe from and your money safe. Um, charity scams, number one. Um, they're out there. People are posing as, as charities, uh, very popular again this time of year, uh, or during world disasters or, or big storms or war. So all of this is going on around us. Um, Hawaii just had a big storm. Mexico just had a big storm. There's a war obviously going around. So there's lots of people reaching out with their hands out, and some of them are legit for sure. But then there's others that are posing as these uh, these fake charities. So you definitely want to to make sure that when you're if you are approached by one of these charities or, or one of these fake charities, the language they use will often lead you to believe that you're you're committed to it already. So like, oh, well, you've already donated in the past or or we have you on a donor's list or something like that. So you feel obligated almost that you've done it in the past, even if you haven't. You might think, oh, well, I might have donated to them in the past and they've got me on some lists, so I'll just keep donating to them. So definitely make sure um, that you have committed to them in the past and 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 and, and vet them. Um, so, you know, what to do and how to how to vet them. Um, ask for details about the charity, address, phone numbers, websites. Ask the charity if you can call them back in a day or a week. Um, you don't have to make a donation that second. Um, year end's coming and a lot of people want to make donations by the end of the year for tax purposes. And that's another reason these charities will reach out, thinking they can get people to make that donation before the year end. Do your homework. Um, spend a day or the next day and then call them back or ask them to call you back. You definitely don't want to be pressured into something. And even if it is a charity that you favor, um, think about it before you make that donation. What what tax impacts are, are, are you going to have on, on your income? And, and really th- think it through. Um, a lot of people will donate money in the in the spur of the moment or in the heat of the moment and then realize, shoot, um, I've got to put money on credit card for Christmas bills because I donated to a charity. So you definitely want to use your own cash flow for that and, and make sure you do your research. Um, another one is debt collectors. So people will pose as, or, or companies will pose as a debt collection agency. Um, so they'll say something along the lines of, if you don't don't pay your bills, your bank account will be frozen. And people right away, I don't want my bank account to be frozen. So what do I have to do to get this off? And often when there's a debt collector, um, you know if you've got debt and you know if you have debt problems. If you don't have any debt problems or you haven't had debt problems in the past and someone reaches out to you and says, listen, this is a debt collection agency. If this is the first time they're reaching out, um, generally it, 
it, it could be a farce. Um, if you don't think you have debt, you know if you have debt problems. Most people do anyway. And then the other thing is if, if they want to freeze your bank account, so if you if you do have debt problems, um, in order for uh, a credit agency or a, a loan agency to, to garnish your wages or freeze your account, a court issue or a judgment has to be made. They can't just do that. So there's a process that they go through to get that done. And you're notified more than once before that process happens. So if it's the first time you're being notified, they can't freeze your account right away. Um, it's a process that they go through in order in order to get that account, uh, to get your accounts frozen. So if they are a debt collector, a true debt collector, they'll have all your info as well. So don't provide information to these debt collectors. Don't give them your social insurance number. Don't give them your address. Don't give them your phone number, even though they're calling you doesn't mean that they have your phone number. As soon as you start giving them information and you engage with them, they're gonna you're gonna be posed with more questions and you're gonna you're probably gonna hand over more information than you should. So keep it to your chest and make sure that you're not not sending out that information to a debt collector or anyone for that matter. Um, we see we see a lot of scams through and just recently, even myself, I was uh, I got an email from CRA and e CRA doesn't email you. Um, they don't call you um, and you can't call them. I don't know if anyone's ever tried to call CRA. <laughs> you can't get a hold of anyone. So them calling you is is a is a true sign of a farce that they're, they're calling you. Um, go to your account. There's an account that you can log into online for CRA. And most people do this already, but it's called My Account with CRA. It has a two or three step ver verification process. And you can see exactly what's outstanding or, or owing to you from, from the CRA. So you, you definitely want to go on there and check that out. So if someone from CRA reaches out to you, go on your My Account and don't don't click on the link in the email that they send you or a text that they sent you. Go onto your my account and go through that three step verification process um, to make sure you know what's going on in your account. Don, you had a comment? Yes, you know, and and all these things, all these different scams, if you will, quite often they don't live in Canada. There is a massive billion dollar industry out in Asia, India, and. They are, you know, I, unfortunately, I had a conversation with somebody just last week and they knew of somebody that lost $30,000 in a dating site, 30, 30, and it's gone. Um, and and what's uh, our, our industry, in particular, um, IG, they've now added a TCP to our Know Your Client form. TCP stands for Trusted Contact Person. And mm -hmm. it's so important to have this because when, you know, when you're dealing with somebody 70 plus call it you don't i don't even know what the right age would be but when they're starting to be a bit more vulnerable you know you're, you're mentioning about phone calls and cra you know there's if it was my mother receiving this call she would immediately think oh my gosh what is this i i guess i didn't pay maybe the tax return wasn't done right she would not be logging on as much as yeah. it sounds easy oh we just log on there's a whole generation that doesn't log on and and test this and even those that do log on they get so busy and we always we always want to be on the right side of the CRA. Mm -hmm. So it's a threat. And our immediate is, oh, my God, we have to jump on this threat. And Fix so it. there is yep. so many things that is unsettling. So this TCP, if we start to see uh, withdrawals for things, what could be charities, whatever, we at least have a trusted contact person that we can call. It's not a power of attorney. We can call their son or daughter and say, okay, your um, mother or dad, just is taking out this much money for this cause is this or wants to is this does this seem legit to you and it's what a difference this makes we have we have nipped many in the butt if you will way before they happen 
just based on having this extra phone call. No, that's a great point, Don. And, it, you know, that leads me to my next scam. There's a grandparent scam um, that's ah, out there. There you go. Sorry, and, I yeah. saw your thunder here. There's no, 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 no. This is, <laughs> this, is, this, is a li- this is a little different, actually. So what happens is you get a call from your grandson or granddaughter asking for wa- money to, to wire to their account or send gift cards because they're in trouble. Right. And they don't want to talk to mom and dad. So they're reaching out to grandma and grandma thinks, you know, the, the voice might be muffled. So and they're, they're worried about their grandson or granddaughter and say, hey, can you send me money quickly? Well, uh, you know, that's that's a red flag right there. Anything that there's an emergency like that, uh, ask to call them back on their own number, um, phone them on the number that you have or email them back. Don't respond to an email that they've sent you. Email them separately. Um, that's a big thing. Again, with technology, it's tough. You get, these, these scammers can have um, a caller ID. So it looks like it's coming from a different person mm-hmm. and and you don't know and you don't know or it's a block call. So you, you don't know that it's not your grandson or granddaughter, or they say they're at a pay phone or they say they're on someone else's phone. Cause, cause they're in trouble. So yeah, in crisis, like I said, at the beginning during a crisis or something like that, it's, it's reactionary to, to react to these things. So you, what you want to do, you definitely want to give them a call back. You don't want to react to it right away. You don't want to send the money right away. And even if it's a couple days later, um, you know, call, call your, Call your son or daughter of, of the grandchild and see what's going on. Um, if they're in that much trouble, they probably need to know as well. Go ahead, Dr. Yeah, and, and, and this is, a, you know, with AI, kind of on the cusp of AI, getting all the voice prints of people, this is even going to be, become a bigger issue. And mm-hmm. it is nice to have a financial planner as an intermediary to kind of just say, does that make sense? Because again, it's such money so emotional. They're tugging on different per different heartstrings, if you were, whether it's a granddaughter, whether it's a dating site, whether it's a charity. You've named three right there, Jay. And those are all, yeah. you know, as nice human beings, we want to help those out. Yet the scammers play on those. And that's what's really, you know, it's unsettling to say the least. Yeah. And Don, great segue. You lead me into the imposter one. So people impose or, or pretend to be someone they're not. So police officers. So someone will say, I'm a police officer calling from the, the police association for donations, right? So you think, oh, it's a police association. They're credible. Um, and right away, as and, or if they're calling from the hospital or they're calling from the bank or, or a charity. So as, as an imposter of these places, and that, that often will happen, um, you want to make sure that you you verify who you're talking to. You can call them back, ask for a number to call them back, or go on a website and see if it if it's legitimate. Um, one, one more scam that I want to talk about, it happened to my son. Um, he just recently was applying for a job. He's off at university. He was applying for a job. And he said, Dad, you'll be so proud of me. I got this job. I said, oh, great. What is it? He says, well, I have to review websites and things like that online. Um, as soon as I log in, I start getting paid. They keep a, a tally. And then at the end of, of the week, whatever I whatever I log into, um, they pay me. And it's like $25 an hour. So sounds great. He says, yeah. And they've already sent me uh, $1,000 to my bank account. I said, well, how do they do that? He said, well, they sent me an email. And I, he took a picture of the check and then deposited it onto his online banking. And then the $1,000 is in his account. So he's like, this is great. I've got a job. Job. They've already paid me in advance. I've, I've clicked on a couple things. I've given them my social insurance number. I've given them my birth date. I've given them my address. And now I've given them my banking information, which you would do to any employer, right? So he went through this whole interview process. It was online. There was a face-to-face person and they gave him this check to deposit into his account. Well, about, a, about an hour later after he deposited the check, they sent him an email said, hey, listen, you don't even have to sign on to the site. 
as a as a kind gesture, if if you want to keep two fifty of that thousand, you don't even have to work for us. Just send us seven hundred and fifty dollars back in gift cards, and we'll call it square. So unbelievable. So red oh, flags man. are up. He did, yeah, yeah. And he's you know a young kid in school, and he's just trying to trying to yeah. make dad happy. And he, he thought he was doing the right thing. And and he and thank goodness he didn't. Um, as soon as he got the thousand dollars in his account, he called me. He says, "Dad, what do you think this is a scam?" And so he reached out to his financial advisor, as Don said. And that's, <laughs> that's what people need to do. That's they what do people need, need to. to do, right? They if if you're an elderly person or a young person or even you know even if you're fifty like myself, you you can get scammed. It it happens to everyone. It's not embarrassing. It happens. These guys are really clever at what they're doing, and you just gotta you know. Sound it out with a friend or, or your financial advisor, and we'd be glad to help you. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. Going to take a quick break here. We're coming back. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. All right, time to talk about the stock market. You said things were looking positive, but what should our expectations be around the stock market? You know what? Stock market and people's feelings are up and down like a yo-yo when it comes to money. It's such an emotional thing. When they see their portfolio, say, go from 100000 down to 950000 it's like, wow, I'm down 50000 Well, no, you're actually million, down 5 A million. A million. You said 100000 A million. Oh, sorry, million. <laughs> million. Thank you. And 50000 I'm down 50000 That's 5%. And... And so at the end, they say, okay, but it's funny when the market drops, it always drops in dollars. When the market goes up, it always goes up by percent. Yeah. If it went from a million to a million and 50,000, people, ah, not a bad year. I guess we made 5%. Yeah, you probably wouldn't be all that happy. You wouldn't be all that, you know, upset either. But it's amazing on the downside, the emotion attached to the downside. And we've been living with that emotion for really a good part of a couple of years now. So 22 was obviously a negative year in both the stock and the bond market. And 23 started off like gangbusters. And then the last, you know, the third quarter was kind of down a bit. And the fourth quarter started to continue that way up until, as I mentioned in, in the beginning, it had a big uptick in the last couple of weeks. But, you know, this is the problem. We're looking at this like a play by play. What's it done for me lately? And technology has actually made it worse. When we started, or at least when I started, Jay, maybe not when you started, we had semi-annual statements. And people waited for their June statement. And it was like, oh, in the first, first six months, I did well or I didn't do so well. And then they got their December 31st one. And that was really, to the most part, what people really looked at. They looked at how they done in the first six months. I know when they moved it from six months to quarterly statements, I'm thinking, oh, this isn't a good thing. This is too much information for the average client. Well, I kind of got used to that. Well, now we got online access. People can look at this stuff every day. And it is 
not the way to look at your retirement plan. Look at your goal. Is it a long-term goal? Manage the investments based on that goal. So it was interesting. This this gentleman, Jeremy Siegel, he's written this book for many, many years. And I know Jay and I both have heard him speak on stage at, at mm-hmm. some conferences. Interesting guy. And he studies it emotionlessly, just looks at pure numbers. And this goes back literally since 1802 to 2023. So a period of 221 years um, of data. And he looks at this and what they look at really is what are the real rates of return? Well, what the heck does that mean, Don? Okay, real rate of return is your return after inflation. So if you made 8%, inflation's 4%, your rate of re- real rate of return was 4%. Because that's really what matters. It's not the gross return that matters. Um, and if you go back to the early 80s, Canada savings bonds were paying 19.5%. I'm thinking, wow, that was amazing. Except inflation was 13.5% back then. So now you still did okay, 6%, but there's always a tax element too, and I'll be getting to that because that will eat away whatever you thought you were making, especially on interest. And if it's non-registered, you'll end up actually losing. So that's good. Look, that's a good point, Don. You think about it after tax, after inflation. So you have to factor both of those in. So, you know, people say their net return versus their gross return. And they often don't, they don't even look at that tax implication, right? It's just, oh, this is my return. I got 5%, like you said, and they don't think about, okay, wait a minute. Once you extrapolate it out after the income tax, where are we at, right? hundred percent. Yeah. And in fact, uh, to your point, Jay, I had a, a client just last week talk about he he went through a credit union and was able to get six percent for one year and thought this was fantastic. And I'm thinking, okay, if that's where the average person is now thinking, it's usually the wrong place to be. <laughs> okay. People right. chase right. where the wrong place is because it feels good. Six percent mm-hmm. compared to where we were seems amazing, and it is. And I mentioned to this person, I said, okay, not a bad investment. It's actually quite good. Are you buying a car in a year? Or is there a major purchase? Are you doing a renovation? Um, what, what is the purpose for this money? If it's a long-term investment, then I wouldn't recommend it. And I'll, and I'll go, why? I'll, I'll let you know why. If it's short run for a year and you just needed the money, fantastic. What a great investment, 6%. Problem is, you make 6%. He, even if you paid a third of it to income tax, you're now making 4%. Inflation is running around three and a half. You're making 0.5% above inflation. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you have to take into all the areas. And so you look at the returns from, again, that 20, um, 221 years. The stock market, well, first I'll start with the dollar. Uh, the dollar averages 1.4 negative. So if you just are investing in our actual dollars, it actually had negative returns. Um, gold, here's the one you think, okay, at least gold you can always count on. Gold's fantastic, and it has averaged 0.6% real returns, 0.6. It's actually, actually been a benchmark as a keeping up with inflation. But it doesn't lose to inflation. It's basically keeping up. And by the way, almost all of those returns, real rate of returns, have happened in the last 20 or 30 years. Previous to that, it was just a break-even point. So had you invested a dollar in gold, you would end up with $3.92 right now, 221 years later. 
Oh, my. Now, treasury bills, or those one-year GICs, you end up getting a 2.5% real rate of return over those years, and your dollar would be worth 233 bucks. Okay, not bad. What about bonds? Government Canada, government Canada bonds, government U.S. bonds, your dollar would have grown to $1,855. Okay, the real rate of return on bonds was 3.5%. A lot better, okay? Certainly a lot better than the other areas. But it had you invested in stocks, blue chip stocks, for the last 221 years, your dollar, one dollar, would have grown to two million and nineteen thousand. So, you know, look at the long run here. Now I'm not saying, oh yeah, I'm not living for 221 years, Don. Good point. I agree. But we're looking at longer term averages. So the real rate of returns on stocks is 6.8 percent. But that's half the story. So first of all, yes, you are beating inflation. It is a real rate of return. You are That's the real key. But look at the tax brackets. If you're in the lowest tax bracket and you're making under 45000 a year, you're paying 20% tax on interest. So if, in that example, if you're making 6%, we'll take off 20% of 6%. That's 1.2. Okay, you're actually making 4.8% after tax. If you earn dividend income and you're in the lowest tax bracket, and earn, again, under 45000 you're paying 0% tax on that. So those bank stocks right now, or a lot of the stocks for that matter, are paying 5% dividends. And you're paying zero tax. So you're, you're already ahead just on the tax side of things. And if it's capital gains, you pay 50% of your tax rate. So you'd pay 10%. So dividends are actually the best place if you're in the lowest tax bracket as far as tax goes. Not for return overall, just tax. But you got to look at both sides of it. Now, if you're in the next bracket, say a 30% bracket, you're losing, a call it a third of your return on interest to tax, only 8% tax on dividends and 15% tax on capital gains. Now, going up the notch, if you're making, say, over 150000 you're in this 43% tax bracket. Again, that's a good bite of your return. Again, and you're looking at that 6%, you're losing almost half of it to tax. And so then uh, if it was dividends, it's 25% tax and capital gains is 22% tax. Huge, huge advantage having dividend income or capital gains. And now capital gains are actually at a lower tax rate than dividends when you get into the higher tax brackets. And then if you're in the highest bracket, which is over $235,000 a year, 53.53% of your money is going to tax. So if you did make this 6%, you're actually making under 3% after tax and inf actually losing to inflation. And even that Canada Savings Bond example, what I said back in the early 80s, you made 19.5%. If you're in a 50% tax bracket, you're now making less than 10. Inflation was 13. So after, ta after tax and after inflation, it's you're almost, I don't actually don't know of a period where you actually get gain if you're in a higher tax bracket. So it's always something important to look at that, but you know, let's let's, let's look a little bit more current. Okay, um, let's go from 1928 to 20, um, 2022. The stock market has averaged 6.6% inflation. So we're, now we're only talking, call it, you know, 90 whatever years that is, 96 years. So still keeps even. It's still about that 6.6 versus 6.8 over the 200 year period. So if we take out the last 100 years, it's basically the same. Interesting enough, though, bonds didn't work out so well. 
Um, 1.5% was your real rate, real, real, rate, real rate of return on bonds in cash and dividends, uh, T-bills only made 0.2. So can we always, can we use historical information? Well, it's all we got. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we have to look yeah. at things that the longer you bring it out, the more consistent it is. And going forward, I still believe, and I think anybody will believe that there is a, a degree of volatility. And the more volatility investments, the higher the rate of return will be. But that that volatility is short-term volatility, and that's what stocks have. And that's what people call risk. Risk is volatility. But it's funny, when you bring out volatility over 10 years, stocks actually are very predictable. Um, and in, of course, if you go 20 years, they're even more. So look at your retirement. Is it a 10-year retirement, a 20-year retirement? Are you saving money for your kids? Is it an estate? So there is a risk premium, and that premium is paid over time. Yes, you may not make 6.8%, but let's say it was only 5%, okay? I'd take 5% um, real rate of return. Still a heck of a lot better than 1.5% on treasury bills or bonds. So bonds are a great way. I'm not saying throw all your money in stocks. That's the last thing I'm trying to um, suggest here. I'm saying diversify. And it's kind of interesting how things are going forward. If you look at the world stock market back in 1900, the rest, everything but the U.S. was 85%. 85% of the stock market cap. So if you add up all the companies in the world times by their price, 85% of all the worth was outside of the U.S. 15% was the U.S. Fast forward. Uh, to 2023, U.S. is now 60% of the world's cap. Absolutely incredible. And so you look at those companies or the S&P 500, which is the um, U.S. stock market, that's where you're seeing a lot of the returns. The companies have been very, very successful in the States. Weirdly enough, as Canadians, where do we have a lot of our money? In Canada. And we constantly, Jay and I always look at situations and say, Okay, you've got 50% of your investments in Canadian stocks. It's kind of this home field bias that we all have. You know, we, we suggest perhaps a higher amount because you don't have the volatility of our dollar. But still, you got to remember, U.S. is 60% of the stock markets in the whole world. So, and in fact, this year has been kind of a weird year. You know, the S&P 500, they're all saying, okay, well, year to date, it's done 9%. It sounds really well, really good. And I, this kind of reminds me back when Nortel was a thing. And I remember the year back in Canada, if you took out, like the stock market was positive, like 6 or 7% that year. Nortel, Bell Canada, which had, owned Nortel at the time, and TD Bank. Those three stocks, if you took them out, the return on the Canadian stock market that year was zero. Well, weirdly enough, they have this, it looks like about oh seven or eight stocks, actually seven stocks. It's Microsoft, Navita with the AI, Apple, Meta, which is Google, Amazon, Tesla. Um, sorry, Meta is uh, Facebook and Google. If you take one, two, three, four, seven stocks out of the S&P 500, you end up with a negative 4% return. So seven stocks are driving the stock market in the US right now. So right across the board, whether you're in Canada, US, and anywhere, 
the, generally speaking, it has not been a positive year. It has been about a break-even year at the most part. These are the seven stocks that are raising everything up. Now, I'm not suggesting you shouldn't have those seven stocks, but they are they are skewing the results right now. Yeah, and it works the same way, Don, right? The reverse way. When we see negative returns in the market, sometimes people are thinking, oh, the stock market's down, the economy's down. And I'm like, no, no, wait a minute. Let's dial this down a little bit and see what actually is happening with the market. And if we look at those seven stocks, maybe they've skewed the market down. If those seven stocks, because they can move the market so much, if they're down in a, in a given year, all the other or a majority of the other stocks may be up and those are mm -hmm. pulling it down. So you really have to look at when people look at the, the markets on the TV, uh, you know, the news says, oh, the markets are down today. Well, it's not really the, all the markets are down today. Right. It could be it could be just those seven stocks. So you really have to di dissect it a little bit better. That's for sure. For sure. And you go back again to Nortel. It was really, what did Nortel do that day? Because it was like 40% of the stock market back in its day. So if Nortel went up, the whole market went up. The whole mark, Nortel went down, the whole market went down. And that's where you have to look at what's the opportunity and if you should be looking at your financial planner and, and having this discussion with your financial planner right now, generally speaking, it's best to buy when the market's lower. So if you do have excess money, whether it's US, Canada, most of the stocks are on sale right now. And you look at returns of our clients that bought during the dips, and this is a dip. It will get better over the long run. You will get five to 7% real rates return in the long run. And this is what we have to keep our head wrapped around. What is the 10 year like and not the quarter? And that's really what matters when you're talking about your retirement. Your retirement is a 30 year plan. Let's invest for those 30 years. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. A quick break here. We're coming right back. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. Find out more at donfox.net. Call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. We're talking about Movember. Is this finances or... Um, um, my mustache <laughs> and the other end. Well, hey, yeah. Jay, if, well, if we, you've been if you've been growing for eleven days, uh, you know what? Uh, <laughs> you got some work, buddy. That's it. A little week. A little week. Yeah. Um, no, I'm not part of Movember, but I, I definitely support it. And we were talking about scams earlier and charity scams. And Movember is no different. There's a lot of people sending out Movember. Uh, please sponsor me. Please, please support me. And I, it's a, it's a great cause, and I think it's it's worthy. But make sure that you're you're aware that you're not getting scammed by by someone um, by a fake charity. So yeah, Movember, uh, top of mind. We're in November. Everyone's talking about it. Um, one in nine Canadian uh, will, men will be diagnosed with prostate cancer. Um, so uh, I was talking to an insurance owner writer the other day, and they said if a male lives long enough, there's a 95% chance that he'll get prostate cancer. No, he won't die from it, but he'll get prostate cancer. And it's the same thing for women. Uh, you know, breast cancer is the second most common cancer in Canada. Uh, one in eight women will be diagnosed with cancer uh, in their lifetime. Again, if they live long enough, nearly 90% of all women will have will have breast cancer. Again. 
whether it whether it uh, makes them succumb to death or, or something like that, um, not necessarily. Number one cancer in in Canada is lung cancer, and so just make yourself aware. Obviously, uh, cancers all around us, and and. I don't have a cure and you're not going to listen to the show today and I'm not going to come up with something that's revolutionary, but I do have something um, uh, from a financial standpoint to, to protect yourself against uh, these cancers. So if uh, we know we're, if there's a one in nine chance for men to get cancer and, and a one in eight chance for a woman to get cancer, those are pretty good odds. And there's other things that, that can happen to our health, obviously, but there's, there's a product out there or a coverage out there called critical illness. I've talked about it on the show before, um, but it's a coverage that covers off 25, different ailments and illnesses so cancer being the number one heart attack stroke are up there as well alzheimer's is also something they cover uh and parkinson's amongst other uh, other different things that are covered so critical illness what is it people say well you know if i i get critically ill um you know, I'm not really thinking about money. I, I just want to get better. Well, that's what this is for. Um, you can use this this coverage. If something happens to you, you're diagnosed, it pays you out a lump sum and it's tax-free um, because you're paying with after-tax dollars. It's a tax-free payout that's paid out to you. And you can use that for whatever you want. If you need to update your home, um, put in a put in a, a wheelchair ramp or something like that, or, or make some enhancements to your home or get treatment. Um, a lot of people go down to the U.S. for, for, for private health care. Um, so that's available. So you can use this type of coverage to fund those things, or um, it can be used um, however you want. It's tax-free. You can go on a trip with this money. I just had a client call me the other day, and and she said, "Hey Jay, you know we haven't talked for a while. It's been about a, been about two months. Um, I was just diagnosed with cancer." And, you know, it kind of floored me when she said this and she says, no, 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 don't worry. Don't worry. Um, they went in, they, they cut out the tumor and I was back to work in a week. And I said, well, wow. you know, good, yeah, unbelievable. And so she's got other treatments going. I said, well, you have, you have critical illness coverage with us. And she says, yeah, but I didn't think it was critically ill because, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't really life threatening. And I said, she says, yeah, they just went in and cut out this, this tumor. I said, no, 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 you have coverage. So <laughs> oh, the, yeah, it's unbelievable. And she just, we just happened to, she just happened to reach out. Anyway, she went right back to work. So this type of coverage, she's, she's now survived for 30 days after the diagnosis of this cancer. And she was paid out, I think it was around 75, $76,000 that she got paid out. Now she was paying into this policy for the last 10 years. So approximately she'd paid into it about a thousand dollars a year for the last 10 years. So she put $10,000 into it, which is a significant amount of money, but she was paid out the 76 or 75, $76,000 in a lump sum benefit um, to herself. Now she doesn't need any mobility aids. She doesn't need anything else. She was able to go back to work. She didn't really lose any income. She took some sick time off work and this payout. So I look at this. Yes, it, there's a lot of situations where it can be life threatening, but it doesn't have to be life threatening. Um, and in this woman's case, it's amazing that um, I'm glad that she recovered. Um, but I'm also glad that she had this coverage and she's really happy about having this coverage as well. So, yeah, there's there's something interesting on this type of policy as well. It's called return of premium. So you can buy a rider on this policy or add a rider onto this policy. Whereas if you don't get diagnosed, so if you're lucky you're the the eight and nine that don't get diagnosed with cancer um this policy returns all your premiums everything that you paid into it uh right back to your bank account tax-free so you've paid a thousand dollars in this woman's case she's paid a thousand dollars in for 10 years if she would have nothing would have happened to her and she paid into it for 15 years let's say and she says you know what i'm gonna uh, thanks very much for having this coverage in place. I don't think I need it anymore. Um, I want to take my $15,000 that I put into this policy. She 
gets that money back and it goes tax-free. So the risks to her, she looked at it and said, you know, for 15 years, if I, if after the 15 years, if I think this is, this is not a great idea, I get all my money back. So what's the risk? And, and it turned out to be very favorable in, in her, in her case. And we've seen it with a, a number of people. Don and I have a couple of coworkers here that have been diagnosed with cancer, a couple that have had a stroke, you know, in their fifties and, and having this type of policy definitely helped them either get better or, or uh, relieve the stress of being not having to come back to work right away. So critical illness, think about it. If you want to know more about it, reach out to Don or I, and we, and we can definitely get you some more information and, and run some quotes for you. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. You can find out more at donfox.net. You can call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. A quick break here. We're coming back. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. We are planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn are here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. Find out more at donfox.net. Call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. Talking about CPP and OAS enrollment. Fill us in here, Don. Yes, you know what? It's, it's just one of those things we just take for granted. All of a sudden, we hit 60, 65, or 70, or in between any of those years. And all of a sudden, hey, I'm going to get some pension checks from the government, whether it's Canada Pension Plan or Old Age Security. And there is no automatic enrollment for Canada Pension Plan. I know personally, about a few months before I turned 60, I got this letter. Don, you are now going to turn 60. Do you want to start collecting your Canada Pension Plan at 60? It, yeah, it was a, definitely a reminder that you're 60 for one thing, which, you know, I didn't really like to hear, but <laughs> at the same time, you know, okay, I'm 60. No, there's a decision to make. And probably Scott, you may have also got the same thing, uh, you know, in your, in your situation. Um, I just ignored it because I know what I'm supposed to do. Perfect. Listening to the, listen to the good advice here on this show. Good. There you go. Um, and so at 65, they're going to do it again. I'm not, you know, we're, we're not that, that at that age yet, Scott, but they're going to send us another reminder. Now, they don't necessarily say do or don't do it. There's no advice in it. It just tells you that you can. And so perfect. Take, you know, it, the best thing is to speak to your financial advisor and get what is the right answer for here. It depends on so many factors that we brought into the show before, but old age security Interesting enough, this is the one I wasn't sure about because I have some clients that say, oh, I just started getting it. And then other clients, I never got it. Um, what am I supposed to do? Do I apply? And it turns out that the government, if they have all the required personal details, they will auto-enroll you at 65. And uh, they do mail you a letter after you turn 64 asking you if you want. And if they got all the details, bank account information, what have you, I'm assuming, because I haven't got the letter, they will auto-enroll you. They also, with this auto-enrollment, they also check to see if you qualify for the guaranteed income supplement, which you have to be have a lot lower income. So does it make sense to be auto-enrolled? For a lot of people, it does. I would suggest at 65, it makes sense for most people to start collecting their old age security. Not necessarily their Canada Pension Plan, but for likely their old age security for most people. So, but at Canada Pension Plan, if you start at 60, you're taking a 36% penalty. Funny enough, 32% of women start at age 60. 
30% of men started at age 60. What are the odds of men outliving women? Okay. <laughs> the women are generally outliving men, yet they're starting it earlier and taking a 36% pay cut. And so the, it really doesn't make sense what probably is the case is they have to take it, uh, is my guess. Now, funny enough, both of them start collecting at 65, at 32% of all males and females start collecting their Canada Pension Plan at 65. Now, at 70, which is the far end of the spectrum, you will get a 42% increase on your Canada Pension Plan. And I know Jay and I and the whole team, we always work out, does it make sense to delay it right till 70, particularly with how long people are living? 4% of women are waiting till 70. 5% of men are waiting till 70. It actually, if anything, should be more women waiting till 70 because, again, they generally outlive men and they would collect a larger amount. Um, so kind of interesting stats. Now, if you'll notice, those numbers don't add up to 100%. And the reason is there's a lot of people taking it in between. So you can take it any time in between 60 and 70. But I just wanted to get you the, the large numbers and where most people are. So right now, a Canada pension plan is $1,306 a month at 65. It would only be $836 at age 60 and $1,854 at age 70. Massive differences. So this is a, a very big decision to make. Don't take it lightly because I do find clients that have said, oh boy, did I ever make a mistake? There's a lot of regret because they're leaving potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars on the table depending how long they live. Old age, old age security on their other hand is $691 a month. At 70, it would be $939 a month. And at 75, you get another 10% increase on that. So again, still a big decision. But again, this is where you should be discussing with your financial planner on your overall plan. Does it make sense? Now, also, they don't have tax withheld. They don't suggest, oh, we're just going to hold back 30% tax or 20% tax. So again, this is where you should speak to somebody like ourselves and say, should I have some tax withheld on our government pensions, or if not, increase the amount of tax withheld and say a RIF or a different pension. So you, a lot of people don't even realize you can delay your old age security till, till 70. So they automatically have this auto enroll kick in. They're making 150,000 a year because they're still working and they get it 100% clawed back. So definitely if this is, if this is you I'm talking to right now, <laughs> the listener, then delay it. Do not start collecting it because you're just basically going to get it and give it all back. We have been planning your financial future. I'm Scott Thompson. Don Fox and Jay Llewellyn have been here from Fox Group Private Wealth Management. Find out more at donfox.net. Call them at IG Private Wealth Management at 905-972-7420. Another fabulous show, gentlemen. Thanks so much for the time. Be well. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.